us. Hello, welcome to all you people trying to make the world a better place. Welcome to the Dead Man Walking Podcast. I am your host, repeatedly dead Fred, author of the soon-to-be-released memoir, The Summer I Died 20 Times, which is how I got the name, repeatedly dead Fred, because, hey, that's what I was. Today, we are going to be talking cars and the automobile industry with Abe Linick, who has been in the industry for a minute or two. Is it 13 40 years, years, you said? 40. 40. Like, when Henry Ford invented the production line, Abe was around. Right. You crank okay. that, crank the front of the front of the car to get it going. <laughs> so um, you've been mostly on the broker side of things, correct? You have a brokerage? Correct. So that's correct. I think probably a lot of people, surprisingly, don't know that they can buy cars through somebody like you. So and, you know, they have to go through the old dealership model. So do you want to talk a little bit about what you do that's different? So um, what happens is uh, brokers attend to the needs of the customer. Uh, dealerships have their own uh, autumn line, their own requirements. Uh, they are customer oriented, but there are other considerations. So a broker can follow the customer through any number of different uh, purchases um, and deal with, let's say, their business purchases, their personal purchases. Maybe somebody has passed away and they have to get rid of a car. That's very yeah. uh, common. Um, that's that's really it. That the broker focuses intently on the customer and then uses the connections that they've developed to supply the customer with cars. So the customer doesn't have to leave their home. Now in so, theory, they don't with a, they don't with anymore with a dealer, but I'm not so sure it, it kind of works out that way for the most part. So you're not tied to any one uh, brand of automobile then you, you can kind of play the field. That's it. I'll make some more. And hopefully the broker has enough knowledge to bring a, a perspective. I mean, I can give you a, a, an example, a very standard example. Um, occasionally, a manufacturer will offer an amazing deal on 24 months on a lease. Mm -hmm. um, it's rare that a dealer will take the time to go to the trouble of explaining it to the customer or understand the financial product that's being offered. It, it's offered just because so few people will ever take advantage of it. So a mm -hmm. decent broker will make themselves somewhat aware of it and present it to the customer. They're basically swimming in a sea of, of automotive information. Um, and so it, it if, if the broker is good at what they do, then they usually have information that a customer just won't have at their disposal. I see. So, oh, I'm getting lost in my thought here. Um, so you've been doing this for quite a while, and I guess the industry has sort of evolved. And then it took sort of a, a devolution, or it devolved um, with the pandemic. So... How is that affecting business right now? I mean, people can't find cars, correct? 
Right. So the supply chain is has become choked for two reasons. One is the chips, um, which all cars have. And then the second part are batteries as cars, because there are um, hybrid cars and then there are hybrid uh, electric vehicles and then there are electric vehicles, but they all need batteries mm-hmm. and batteries are hard to get. So things tend to outrun I mean, everybody knows Tesla, but the general industry has had a hard time um, delivering enough cars to satisfy what is mostly a subsidized market. Most of these cars are subsidized or a good number of them. So it's not exactly a level playing field. You know, people who buy a gas engine don't get a subsidy, but people who buy an electric vehicle do get a subsidy. And you mean like stimulates- a- a rebate from the government? Is that yeah. what you mean by subs? Okay. They get a rebate. So you're stimulating a, 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 a desire. Um, and people legitimately like electric vehicles. I don't have any problem with them. Um, it's just they're expensive and they're hard to get. So, mm-hmm. so do you think they actually... Pandemic really exasperated that. Do they really give you an operating benefit over you know how long do most people keep a car three five years so they do it they, with with gas at a dollar 60 per gallon or per liter um, yeah, per gallon we wish yeah um yeah they, they, they are if you if you can live with the limitations of an electric vehicle mm-hmm. um once you take into account the rebates um and you take into account the savings because they haven't figured out a way to charge out the taxes per kilometer mm-hmm. paying on a gas engine. You're paying, I don't know, in a, a gallon, maybe 40 cents in taxes. Mm-hmm. And you don't pay anything when you have an electric vehicle. So because the government is behind that and people like that, then it is advantageous. You, you, you need a a charge a level two charging station at home mm-hmm. um most of the vehicles i guess make safe 300 kilometers today mm-hmm. seems standard and that has to take into account winter and, and air conditioning in the summer um and that's pretty reasonable for most people as long as you're not going on a long trip mm-hmm. so is is the plan, do you think, the government to roll out more and more charging stations and then eventually start taxing the charging stations much like they've charged uh, tax gasoline? It, I don't know whether they want to give away the, that money. Right. So at some point, I mean, when you have enough people buying it, which is the idea of the subsidies to get people to do something they otherwise wouldn't do. And if you get enough people to do it, then you're going to have to reverse course. So in Australia, I read that they charge $500 per year um, on re-registering your electric vehicle because they need Mm -hmm. the tax money. So that hasn't happened yet here. Might not happen for a really long time. Not sure. Mm -hmm. So um, do you see any differences between the quality of the electric vehicles? I mean, is Tesla really that dramatically better than, you know, what a vehicle you're going to get from VW or BMW or any other car that ends in a W? 
It's a complicated answer because um, certainly Tesla's software is, is from the, the customers that I have that drive them, the mm -hmm. software is head and shoulders above what the other manufacturers are able to. Occasionally, you'll hear a horror story, and, and I'm emphasizing it's occasional. It is it's not a regular thing. Mm -hmm. It's irregular, but let's say the car's been in an accident and they can't get batteries for it or there is some manufacturer's defect and they just can't get it done. Mm -hmm. It's rare, but I have heard of it. If you're, if you're that unfortunate soul, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can have your hands full. Um, but mostly I hear good things. I have a lot of customers that have Teslas and they're pretty consistent in their fact that they like them a lot. Mm -hmm. As a bike rider, I really don't like Teslas because you can't hear them coming. Right. It's a little unnerving. Then all of a sudden you... Vroom! Yeah, you hear that whir, like in a mm -hmm. science fiction movie, right? Yeah. It's like the robots have become alive. So, um, Aside from the software, is there any big difference between the cars that you've been able to discern over a while? Does one get better mileage? Does one handle the cold better? You're talking about EVs still? Yeah. I don't, there just aren't enough cars on the road other than Tesla. That mm -hmm. is just, um, I was offered last week a Genesis GV60. Um, just Genesis is very hot. They're, they're on fire. Um, and uh, so, but there's just not a lot. There's a handful of anything. There are the older models. They are from, it's the Nissan Leaf that's old, the Chevy Volt and mm -hmm. um, Volkswagen. I forget the name of their cars. The problem with the Leaf and the Volkswagen was very limited uh, distance, really, mm -hmm. really. Um, and now um, the batteries eventually go. So if you have an EV, um, I, I read that, uh, replacement for the leaf is something like fifteen thousand dollars, so the car is worthless. <laughs> no kidding, that's crazy. right. That so that is a real consideration as your EV ages. Now, if you have a um, sorry, uh, hybrid, mm -hmm. you have like a you know that, and and let's say the batteries were to go, it's still it's still a gas engine. So your car is still mm -hmm. going to go. You just won't get the benefit of those batteries. So you're not left with a brick, mm -hmm. um, but you could be left with a brick with an EV. I don't know. Um, EVs have a certain, I mean, because of the subsidy, because they're not taxing um, electricity for EVs in any, in any meaningful way, the numbers are really skewed. I, I have a very hard time really understanding how it would stack up in a regular, in a, in a, in a level playing field. Mm -hmm. So I am always skeptical of uh, over the top claims. That's just my nature. Mm -hmm. um, they don't, I've never seen an audit. I, I've read that there are audits, but I've never seen an audit of how much energy it takes to construct a, uh, a battery and then deconstruct mm -hmm. it. it's when it's done and the energy that goes into that so when you look at that on the stream and then you look at the government funding 
and then the lack of taxes on on the electricity it's great if you have one now you're it's awesome mm -hmm. but doesn't seem to me that the costs are being truly reflected in the experience. And, and I think the people that are on the, the, the greening of it, you know, that there's no air pollution or anything, the, the mining and everything that goes on to, excuse me, get the lithium and all the other metals needed for the batteries uh, certainly is polluting more than, uh, car emissions, which have gone down dramatically over the last 50 years. Right. So this is always a problem with green discussions. The If you can offshore your pollution um, the way the greens in Germany offshore pollution to the Russian pipeline or, um, you know, we used to ship our renewables to China once upon a time or India you know you're not seeing or or you don't do gas exploration and then you're asking venezuela to pump more oil you're not seeing the consequences of of your green like it looks good but mm -hmm. somebody else is going to absorb the exploration costs or pollution costs and so i usually approach these things with a, a great deal of skepticism i can tell you that volkswagen had something called blue energy with regard to diesel mm -hmm. and then this is going back probably 10 years maybe eight years mm -hmm. and then it was discovered that they had jimmied the numbers and <laughs> the europeans were all in like not mm -hmm. the north americans never really bought in in a big way but the europeans bought in, in a big way and the thing fell apart and it didn't surprise me that there was a lot of fudging of their numbers because once politics becomes part of the story, then mm -hmm. there's an incentive to massage numbers in such a way that it, it benefits whoever is trying to get the benefit. So mm -hmm. I'm always really skeptical about the clearly to the consumer. Right now, the benefits mm -hmm. are immense. It, it's a good way to go. If somebody does it, I can't I can't criticize it for a moment. Okay. Um, somebody mentioned to me the other day that diesel is now more expensive than regular fuel. Right. And there was a time, and I don't know how long ago this goes back, that diesel was much, much cheaper. Um, right. Is diesel up just because the car manufacturers are pushing more diesel engines? or No, the car manufacturers, uh, to my knowledge, uh, the only diesel left in the market for automotive, I'm not talking about trucks now, of course, I'm mm -hmm. talking about just consumer cars, uh, is Mercedes. I don't think anybody else has a diesel. They're gone. So, That's probably why it's more expensive. I'm guessing, though. That's a guess. Yeah. That's I've also read demand that. Left. Well, usually if there's no demand, you know, you've got excess supply and the price would go down so it's a little maybe but you have to have an infrastructure and that's expensive like you every gas station has to have a diesel pump mm -hmm. and i'm wondering how many diesel now there are lots of diesel trucks still trucks still run on diesel mm -hmm. so big trucks small trucks so there's that but there is almost no consumer demand left almost entirely due to the problem um that happened with volkswagen mm -hmm. the whole the, their whole scheme collapsed the ceo lost his job and it just had ramifications so 
No. I mean, it was kind of a grift. Mm-hmm. Kind of. So it's just a whole cascade effect. And I still have read that um, I think California is on, on the brink of uh, running out of diesel. Right. I mean, I read that too. That's true. So I don't know uh, why. I'm yeah, it, it goes back to the, you know, the drilling and production of fuel. And if you offshore it, uh, I don't understand how the green people don't see you're drilling it from the same earth, just in a different location. So I'm not sure what, what they accomplished by, by. Well, my daughter is a doctor sent me a, a thing today about marijuana that people who are obsessed with lung cancer from cigarette smoke mm-hmm. don't seem to have any concerns with marijuana so I mean it's a different topic but it's kind of mm-hmm. like whose ox is being gored and you know you know qui bono like who benefits um mm-hmm. and uh you know so the green movement benefits when they can convince themselves that they're doing something virtuous virtuous mm-hmm. and uh you know I'm like yeah but somebody else somewhere is doing something that costs them mm-hmm. and so you know we've we've already touched on this and it's, I, I think a recurring thing. Mm-hmm. So um, if somebody is entering the car market now, um, and, you know, just graduating first job and stuff like that, what, uh, what price range can they expect to, you know, not a bottom end car, but a fairly, you know, I guess a mid range. What are they looking at? What's available to them? Um, well, that's an interesting question because a mid-range, an entry-level car today starts at around 23000 plus tax, mm-hmm. about $26,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and those cars are very scarce. Now, okay. the supply chain is good as you move up above 50000 The The number of people decline, mm-hmm. the number of cars are there. And that mm-hmm. is somewhat filled, somewhat, depending on the car. But luxury manufacturers have cars. Okay. Um, so they don't have 50, but they might have five. So it's not mm-hmm. nothing. But when it comes to the entry level, which today, an entry level Honda Civic is now $27,000 before tax. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. And the interest, I mean, the, the other thing, which is not really understood sometimes is that the interest used to be zero percent and now it's six percent that's a lot Mm. so in certain areas um families are really are are completely priced out of getting a new vehicle they're priced Mm. out of even getting a used vehicle particularly on vans vans are a serious problem um Mm. manufacturer let's say 10 years ago got out of the business and Mm. they left i would say four kia Honda, Toyota, and Chrysler. Those are the four mm-hmm. manufacturers. It's not so we 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 overshot and now we wildly undershot. There used to be Ford, GM, Nissan, can't think of anybody else at the moment. Mm-hmm. And there was too much production because their families are smaller generally today. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still need a van. And what's mm-hmm. happening is there are very, very few vans at this point going on the road. And so, I think a lot, like Mercedes produces Sprinter vans, but a lot of them are 
more for commercial or to be converted into um, travel vans for for people. Yeah, who, no, those sprinter road. vans are for commercial, mostly for commercial use. And even if they have seats, you're talking about eight, nine, 10, 12. Um, and they're, they're in wildly short supply as well. The contractors mm -hmm. don't have them. Um, mm -hmm. The vans are worth a lot of money today. Uh, contractors are gasping for air the way families are gasping for air on, on a van. So um, I don't think it's going to fix itself anytime soon because the shortage is so severe. Now, mm -hmm. I mean, the whole idea of raising interest rates is you, you choke off the demand. Mm -hmm. um, but I think of it more like Cuba, you know, that you just take that old beater that's mm -hmm. maybe 15 years old and sink another five or $10,000 into it and just keep it going. Like people don't have any choice. So I wonder if the, uh, the old neighborhood garage guy is going to come back into business. Um, you know, oh, people yeah. are going to start, you know, fixing their oh, own. Yeah. Big time. Mm -hmm. If you listen, I know a guy, um, right, right around the corner from me. He only specializes in Honda. Mm -hmm. And he's very personable and he's very honest and he does big business. Mm -hmm. So if you're, a, I know a guy uh, down the street, uh, an immigrant from Afghanistan, he does amazing business. You, if, if you know people and you're honest and you deal with people properly, you're, this is a good time to be a mechanic. Mm -hmm. Great for being an entrepreneur. If you can get a business off the ground right now, you're, you're yeah, I mean, well. the key is being honest today. Like you, you with social media, um, the guys who aren't honest, I'm not saying they're they're not there, but they have a much harder time of getting good word of mouth. So mm -hmm. um, word of mouth is really critical. I mean, it mm -hmm. always was today, probably more so. I think. Yeah, I think it's so easy to get slandered, uh, you know, get a bad Yelp review or something like that. Um and people put too much stock in those. Where... Yeah, I think that also I've noticed uh, <laughs> there's a couple of things. The dealers used to have bad numbers. And I, I remember watching Silicon Valley where they had these click farms in China. And mm -hmm. they just, and I, I'm sure dealers do that because sometimes you'll see 600 reviews and a 4.8. And they used to have a, I, I actually know a dealer that used to have a 2.2. And now mm -hmm. he's traveling with a 4.3 or something and going like, <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, so it, it's, but most people, um, you really need good word of mouth. You just, you can't do it anymore without. And um, if somebody has a zero or gives you a one, mm -hmm. uh, I would probably knock it out because, you know, sometimes people will get angry for not a particularly good reason, you know? Yeah, I, I saw, uh, I think it was, you. Uh, a TripAdvisor review today, and the customer was complaining that um, their hotel room uh, didn't have a washroom. And, <laughs> and the owner of the hotel came back on and said, I did a survey of, you know, our staff. Nobody reported a washroom missing. and Nobody reported a washroom being taken out of the facility. So it was there before you came. It was there after. I don't know what happened. Well, I mean, a funny thing, I took my kids to South Beach maybe five years ago, mm -hmm. and it was a last minute thing. And I was desperate for a place and the place had cockroaches. It was really a disgusting oh. place. Right. It was bad. 
and I just gave it a, a, a terrible review. <laughs> and the algorithm comes back with like 8.6 out of 10. <laughs> looking at this thing like, how? <laughs> how do you get it down to low? <laughs> the thing was just fixed to a high number. Yeah. <laughs> so um, do you have uh, a favorite brand, like um, a company that you find easier to deal with if, you know, warranty work is required or? Yeah, it's pretty predictable. My favorite brands, mostly because of high resale, are the, mm -hmm. are the ones that everybody knows, which is Toyota and Honda. The mm -hmm. one that I think uh, on luxury that has surpassed all expectations and really um, done a superb job is Genesis. Mm -hmm. I have never had a Genesis customer ever have a complaint. Not once in all That's the years amazing. I've been dealing. Yeah, it really is. And I was a skeptic because it was Hyundai and, you know, it used mm -hmm. to have the Honda and Toyota in the fifties and sixties, you know, it wasn't quality. And Genesis is customers pay seven, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars a month. And they come back and say, it's the best car they've ever had. And that's mm -hmm. everything. They're paying the money. I, the reviews are important. I do listen to them. I watch them. I read them. But when it comes to people laying out their own money, um, mm -hmm. I take that very seriously. Genesis is incredible. So, and it seems like Hyundai just, you know, out of the blue, at least from the consumer end, they decided they were going to produce a car that's going to outcompete BMW or Mercedes. Well, the Genesis, yes, but even on their lower end cars, what they did is they loaded up their cars with technology and it was noticeable. You were getting mm -hmm. stuff on a Hyundai that you might have to pay forty to $50,000 to get electronic mm -hmm. stuff. So I'm not sure how they they managed to do it, mm -hmm. um, but they did a very good job and they made huge inroads uh, into the market. And eventually, another important factor is they got their own credit organization. It's very critical in my mind if you really want to move product to have mm -hmm. your own finances. And Hyundai, for the longest time, up until maybe 10 years ago, didn't have their own finance company. Now they do. Mm. And that's and I think good Ford and GM did, and then they sold them off. I think GM sold it off. Not Ford. I think Ford still has it. Mm -hmm. um, Ford Credit. Ford Credit, or it's maybe Canada Roads. It's like a they've branded it so that it can handle other other manufacturers. Mm -hmm. um, I've kind of lost track of all that stuff because I'm not in the dealerships, um, but mm. they might, they used to do Jag, I think. Um, mm -hmm. Toyota does Subaru. So there's a lot of, you know, bigger guys taking care of the smaller guys. It's a good way to move product because the focus is just on getting metal onto the road. Banks mm. have much more uh, specific criteria and, and they will push somebody out where a manufacturer might consider somebody if they have a much larger down payment. I think it's been my experience that banks will look at their criteria, not necessary and not graded on, you know, are we safe on this file? Mm -hmm. So they're tougher. So is credit um, something that you can help customers with as well? I can. I mean, you just, you just have experience, you know, for, I mean, I, I don't want to make it, I don't want to play it for more than it's worth, but mm -hmm. Honda has their own finance source. So, I would 
I would put somebody into a Honda. Uh, now, I, again, I, I'm going from memory because I don't do a lot of Mazda, but Mazda mm. used to use a, a bank. I think they still do. They use Scotia. Mm. Um, so if somebody had borderline credit, I would go to a Honda before I would go to Scotia. Mm-hmm. Banks are going to be tougher generally. And the manufacturers finance arms, their goal is to put metal over the curb. That's been my experience. So hopefully I'm getting it right. I'm sure you have people out there that have more information than I do on this, but that seems to have been my experience in the past. Uh, I'm going to go with your experience. <laughs> so um, before I forget, because we're getting close to having to wrap up, if somebody's in the GTA, the greater Toronto area, and they want to get a hold of you um, and talk cars and figure something out, how do they get a hold of you? So the company I, I own is called Ultimate Wheels to You. Um, it's under ultimatewheels2.com. Um, just so you know, we have, I'm very proud of this. We have a perfect score on Google over mm-hmm. 10 years. Um, people like service. I'm very proud of that. Um, and um, they can call me at my phone number, my cell number. Um, I, if you want me to list it here, I can. I don't want to. Sure. Okay. 416-822-5465. Okay. And are you having a Black Friday sale or anything like that? <laughs> I'm more like on Christmas at this point. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I think at this point, I'm going to... Uh, come close to wrapping up and I'm going to ask you to play the uh, dead man walking quiz. And I'll ask you for a number from one to 36 and uh, pick one and we'll see what question comes up. So we'll go with double high 36. What characteristic do most of your friends or business associates have in common? independence really they all have that entrepreneur spirit uh yeah that's a polite way of putting it (laughs) what's the impolite way abe i have two words for you and they're not happy birthday (laughs) okay great yeah well abe thank you so much this has been very enlightening uh i think the audience will get a lot of value out of this and uh, please Feel free to uh, give Abe a call if you have car needs right now um, or in the future, and he'll he'll do you good. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Dead Man Walking Contest co- podcast. Please um, hit the like, subscribe, refer people to Abe, buy a car from him, buy a car for your friend, buy a car for your neighbor. Just uh, You'll be dealing with good people. Thank you all so much, and we'll catch you next episode.